Before I share the word, I want to um, take a moment of personal privilege to say that my parents are with me. This is the only time you'll have two Reverend Doctors, Miguel Aveles, at the same time. And Anna, and they're, they're both retired clergy of the Methodist Church, um, both enjoying retirement, so talk to them afterwards. They are lonely. Let me share the word with you. It's from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 through 11, and also verses 16 through 20. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. And whoever rejects you, rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, most people don't realize that there's two times Jesus sends out disciples into the field. The first one is actually a chapter earlier in chapter 9 when Jesus sends out the 12. And so... You know, to me, it was like the little basket. He took the 12, sent them out to do some ministry work. And it was interesting because he gave them very similar instructions to the ones on chapter 10. He said, go out, take no money, take no purse, take no extra tunic, just go into the towns ahead of me. He sent them to the places where he intended to visit. And you know, for those that are musicians, you understand this, the warming act. You know, you get somebody to go ahead and prepare the crowd for the ones that are coming out. If you've ever been to a show, they, they have the warm-up act, right? And then they have the real act. So it's almost like Jesus was saying, okay, I'm sending you ahead. Prepare the way so that when I get there, they're ready. They're prepared to receive what I have. 
but also to do important work. He said, I'm sending you out to proclaim the kingdom of God has come near. I'm sending you out to let them know that the kingdom is here. And I'm sending you out to do signs and wonders that show that it really has arrived. Because he told them, you're going to be healing the sick. You're going to be casting out demons. You're going to be doing all of these things. And these are all signs that will serve to show that the kingdom of God has come near. But the instructions are very interesting if you look at them. Because they're very similar, but... A lot of times if we looked at these instructions today and we gave them to somebody going out into missions, they might not go. If we told them, hey, I want you to go into missions, but please take no money with you. Don't take extra clothes. And by the way, don't stop and talk to anybody on the way. They'd be like, what kind of mission are you sending me to? If we added to that that we are sending you like lambs among wolves, they would probably run for the hills. I don't, nobody wants to be the lamb around the wolves, right? It's not an appealing idea, right? You're, nobody's going, yeah, I want to be the lamb. Let me get slaughtered by the wolves. Yay. Nobody does that. And so you, you get the idea that these instructions are, are a little strange, but we have to understand it because the mission of the 70, like the mission of the 12 in chapter 9, tell us a lot about how Jesus looks at ministry. It tells us a lot about how Jesus looks at missions. And of course, we all know the famous verse, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So please send more workers, ask the Lord of the harvest to send more laborers into his harvest. And you see, when we read that, and we repeat that, how many of you knew that verse? Everybody knew that verse? We've heard that before, right? It's not the first time you've heard that. But what does it mean in the context of Luke? Because the whole chapter has transpired, and a lot of things happened between the first 12, the small basket, and the 70, the big basket, going out. You have to understand what happens in between to understand why Jesus tells them to pray for more people. When the 12 went out, they encountered evil spirits. They encountered people that were sick. They encountered people that did not follow God, that did not know God. They encountered people that were lost. And they came back and shared that they were able to minister with them. And when Jesus says in verse 12 that we need more laborers, it is a recognition that there's still a lot of people that are lost. A lot of people that are sick. A lot of people that are hurting. A lot of people that need to know that the kingdom of God has come near and that need to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send more people, he is not inviting us to go on a recruiting binge. Immediately in our minds, we think we got to go recruit some more people, right? But notice the invitation is for us to ask the Lord of the harvest to send the laborers. The invitation is to prayer, people. It is for us to, as a church, 
to continue to pray that God continues to reach out to those that need to be part of the ministry of the church. As a church, we have been praying a harvest prayer. If you haven't seen it, you haven't been here for very long, we've, we've prayed it on Tuesday nights, we've had it on Sunday on the screen. I'm sure the ladies can find it later on and put it up on the screen for you. But the harvest prayer is basically a recognition that all the ministry we do has to be preceded by the Holy Spirit working in the hearts and the minds and the hearts and the lives of those we are trying to reach. That without the Holy Spirit going ahead of us and calling those people into the field, they wouldn't be here. They wouldn't arrive. That our work has to be blessed by God and directed by God. Now today we received some new members and we have done that several times this year but that's no reason to say we're done, we're finished, pack up the bags. We don't need the baskets anymore. We met our quota for the year. Did you know that we met our quota for the year already? Among all the members that we received, I think it's close to 10, and I think that's what we had said at the, at the meeting of planning. Yeah, we did it. Does that mean we quit? No. It doesn't mean we're finished. And I have to admit that the revelation of laundry really came to me in the middle of the night when I realized my wife was going to be gone for a month and I was going to be doing laundry. <laughs> it became a realization that God entrusts us with the ministry of the church. Just like my wife is trusting me with laundry after I messed it up 23 years ago. When we were recently married, I colored every single piece of clothing that we had pink by sticking a red shirt in our laundry and washing everything together because guys tend to do that. What grace that I am trusted again <laughs> to do laundry. And in a way, what Jesus was saying is we need more people, we need to trust them, but, but we're going to do things differently than the world does it. We're not going to do it the way you think it ought to be done. We're going to do it the way God likes to do things. And here it is. Jesus sends them with no money for the reason that he wants them to trust God to provide for their needs. He wants them to trust that God will open a door of opportunity for them to stay somewhere with somebody who needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. When God sends us out, he is already going ahead of us to prepare the groundwork so that somebody will receive the word that he is giving to us. But a lot of times we don't trust that. And so he wanted the 70 to trust that God had already laid the groundwork and that people would receive them. And then he tells them, don't greet anybody on the way. And this is counterproductive to most of our evangelism courses. What do we teach? Greet everybody. Say hi to everybody, right? Be friendly. Smile. And he says, don't greet anybody on the way. And it's easy to misunderstand that and say, well, he wants us to be antisocial. No. What Jesus is trying to say is, you have a very important task at hand. There is somebody down the road that is waiting to receive you in their home, and the timing of God is so precise that you don't have time to get distracted along the way on your way there. 
And let me tell you, this is one of the greatest tricks of the enemy, distraction. How many of us have tried to set up a time of prayer only to be interrupted by anybody and everybody in the world? How many of us have committed our time or our resources to something only to get called in for extra work or something else and the family goes wrong and the crisis mode hits? We've all had that happen at some point or another. Distraction is one of the greatest ways the enemy tries to keep us from getting to where God wants us to be at a particular time. And Jesus was telling the 70, do not stop and greet anybody on the way because you're going to get into a conversation. And before you know it, you're going to be off to left field and you're not going to get to where you need to go. And I have work for you to do. And I want you to hear that. God has work for you to do. That's nobody else's. That's not somebody else's task. You can't, can't just go, Pastor Jose, take my task. No. God has a task for each and every one of us. He has people in your path that only you are going to be able to reach because God has already opened the door in their heart to receive the words that he's going to give you. But the timing of God is so precise. That he doesn't want you distracted. He doesn't want you looking to the left or to the right as you go there. He wants you to focus on what he has for you. Jesus tells him, go. Do not look to the left. Do not look to the right. Do not stop to talk to anybody. Go to where I am sending you. And if they receive you, stay in their home and eat what they give you. And listen to the instructions. Heal the sick if there are any there. And then tell them the kingdom of God has drawn near. Now look at the recipe. The first thing is fellowship. You cannot minister to somebody without establishing some form of relationship or fellowship with them. Eating at the common table with somebody says, I want to share with you and I want to spend time with you and I want to know you. It says, I am invested in this. I'm not looking at my watch every two minutes because I got somewhere else to be. I am here for you. They were being invited to really get to know the people they, they got to stay with. And Jesus said, and don't move from house to house. Oh, the temptation is so great. Somebody opens their house and they have a little cot in the back room. And you go stay with them and it's okay. Food's so-so. They run the air conditioner way too hot. And then somebody else comes and says, you know, I've got a queen-size bed in my house. Just leave them and come over here. And most of us would be like, yeah, I'm gone. I'll see you later going to the queen-size bed, and then somebody comes and says, you know what, I've got a king-size bed in my guest room. And we go, hey, bye. And what message does that send to the one with the cot? And what message does that send to the one with the queen-size bed? It sends the message that I was only here for what you could give me instead of I'm here for you and for what you need from the Lord. Ministry and missions is all about giving yourself away and making sacrifices 
so that others can know Jesus. It is all about doing the laundry and getting your hands dirty with the work of the kingdom. But Jesus warned them that this was not going to be easy. You're going to be like lambs among wolves. Jesus doesn't want you to be unaware that you're going into hostile territory. I want you to understand that when you walk out those doors today and you go out into your week, there are going to be people that will not want to hear about Jesus. There are going to be people that are going to be, hearts are going to be hardened. And there are going to be people that are not going to receive the word that you want to share with them. And that's going to be difficult because we get our feelings hurt. They didn't listen to me. And it's so easy to go, I'm not sharing another word. I'm going to quit now. And Jesus didn't want them to do that. He wanted them to understand that for every person that turned them down, there was going to be somebody else down the road that was eager and waiting for them to show up at the door. And that they needed to continue, but that it was going to be a perilous journey. Don't give up, even though it's going to be difficult. The other thing about being a lamb is they weren't being invited to go out to fight people. They were being invited to go out in humility and humbleness and allow God to be the good shepherd who protects the sheep and the lambs. You see, they weren't supposed to go fighting. They were supposed to go sharing that the kingdom of God had come near. When Jesus sends us out into the field, he wants us to understand all of these things because he wants us to continue to do things his way and not our way. And that's hard for us to do. How many of you are planners? I'm a planner. I like to line things up. I like to have, you know, timelines. What happens when God interrupts your timeline? Are you willing to flow and roll with him? And go where he sends you and share the word that he has for that person that you're meeting. They were being sent out with great authority and power. The scripture says that when they returned, they gave a glowing report. You would not believe everything that happened. We healed the sick. We cast out spirits. I mean, the evil spirits at, at the sound of your name were gone. And they were just like, wow, you know, we, we really did great. And let me tell you, when you do ministry, there are moments where you feel like that. You feel like, yes, we got this one right. We did, it, we did it well. We have succeeded in doing something for the Lord that worked. And that's awesome. Because God did it. You see, Jesus said, I've given you authority you were able to do it because I sent you. When Jesus sends you, you're able to do it because he gives you the authority and the power to do it. He said, but don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that your name, name is written in that book of life. Rejoice that you are in that book of life, that you are going to heaven. You see, our true joy comes from our salvation and from knowing that the kingdom of God has come near to us and we have become part of all those laborers that are working together.
to share the good news. So yes, we have received new members and there are more laborers in the field today than there were yesterday. And yes, it is a reason for celebration. And yes, it is a great thing to have new people. But our true joy comes from something that God has already done for us, which is he gave his son, Jesus Christ. And our joy needs to be shared and we share it by inviting more people to know that and to accept that for themselves. But as we do that, we must not stop praying. Lord, send more laborers to your harvest. For you see, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And God continues to bring those who will be part of the ministry of the church. May we continue to pray for that. Believe that God is bringing them and continue to see how he does wonderful things through the ministry of this church. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the gift of your grace and your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that you have given us new members and continue to bring new laborers into this field. I thank you, O Lord, that the harvest is indeed ripe and ready for the picking. That, O Lord, you are reaching out through your Holy Spirit to this neighborhood and through all of the things that you are allowing us to do in evangelism and missions. We ask you, O Lord, simply that you will help us to continue to believe that you are drawing people onto yourself. And that as long as we continue to lift the name of Jesus, people will want to come and learn about the kingdom that has drawn near. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The altar is gonna be open if you need God's help to follow in this example as we continue our worship.